Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Hocus Pocus, Chapter 4. One by one, the light bulbs around the room burst in flashes of brilliant white. Each time, Danny squealed, her hands covering her eyes. Allison let out a quiet, frightened sound as the bulbs shattered and left them in the dark. A breeze picked up and tumbling Danny's hat from her head. She uncovered her eyes and looked up, amazed. The heavy ironwork chandelier creaked loudly on its chain. Allison pulled Danny closer to her and Max began to cross the room towards the two girls. A brilliant green light shot through the gaps of the floor and the wood began to tremble and jump, threatening to rip away from the nails, keeping it in place. Allison and Danny screamed, jumping towards the nearest wall. Max tried to steady himself. Oh, look. Creepy. Cool picture. This book is so cool. Oh, here's another picture. The next one. Moo. Yep. Grabbing onto some nearby furniture, but it felt like the whole house was shaking and like the floor could very well decide to open up and drop them into some unknown world. Max was deciding whether to attempt running or, or leap at the door when the house stilled and went dark again. The three stood quiet for a moment as if they weren't sure whether to start it all over again or whether it would start all over again. What happened? Max finally asked, breathless. Danny picked up her witch's hat and hovered it over to her head. A virgin lit the candle. There was a sharp pop, and one by one, the lights re- the light, the chandeliers relit, and this time with real flames. Around the room, candles came alive with a white whoosh. Beneath the huge cauldron, an especially large fire roared to life, and the kitchen hearth fizzed as if somebody had had thrown a handful of lit sparks. The sparks quickly caught and display under the tender burst of the warm fire. The air cracked open with a delight the air cracked open with a delighted cackle, and Allison and Danny dove away from the front door just as it blew open, its knob slamming into the wall. Max had hidden as well, ducking under the heavy dining table at the near near the spell book's case. When he lowered himself to the ground and looked up at the door, his eyes grew wide. Three women were silhouetted in the milky moonlight and framed by the open door, first with long blonde hair and a narrow waist, second with two old swoops of hair near the crown of her head, and the third with dark, wiry curls twisted into the shape of a crooked cornucopia. The woman in the middle marched into the house. She wore a floor-length emerald dress with high collar and a creeping black pattern that seemed determined determined to smother the green. A gold clasp cinched the dress at her waist, and her underskirts were a brilliant blue. She came into the light. An unnatural red of her hair became obvious. We're home, she declared. Max felt dizzy. This can't be happening, he thought. They can't be real. He glanced at Allison's direction, but she was out of his line of sight. Was it a prank? A weird Salem-centric way to get of getting back at him after he made fun of Halloween? 
but he recalled the way that the black flame candle burned. Beside the woman in the green, the other woman clasped her hand and began to jump up about, giggling. One, the blonde one, who wore a low-cut, rosy dress with filmy sleeves that gathered at her wrist. The other were layers and layers, an orange dress beneath a red vest and matching wool cape. Her tartan skirt were skirts were intersecting lines of black and gray and depending on the light a dozen other colors oh sweet revenge said the redhead witch you see sisters my curse worked perfectly well that's because thou art perfect winnie said the brunette touching the elder sister's shoulder she meant winifred thought max remembering miss olin's story winifred winifred sanderson the three witches laughed, and Winifred hurried across the room to her brunette sister trailing her. Oops, her brunette sister trailing her. What was that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it was a flashlight. Oh, yeah. The blonde witch waited until they had gone, then popped up on her toes and reached to the rafters of the door. She was tall and thin, and her hair flowed gently in gentle waves down the down her back and over the creamy skin of her cheeks. She grinned as she found the thing that she'd been feeling for. She pulled it down, which appeared to be a long length of twine. (gasps) My lucky rat tail, she crowned, just where I left it. But who lit the black flame candle? Hmm, Winifred asked, crossing towards the strange flame. She paused, fingering her lips, and then noticed the case of a huge spell book. She gave a delighted gasp and hurried over to it, tapping her long nails on the glass. Come on, sleepyhead, she cooed. We have work to do. I missed you. Did you miss me too? The brunette sister saddled up behind her. Winnie, she whispered. Yes, Mary. I smell children. Sick em. The three witches slipped into a line with Mary leading. She sniffed the air eagerly. It's a little girl, she declared. Behind her, the blonde Sanderson nibbled nibbled the tip of her rat tail. Max knew that they were headed right towards Danny, but he didn't know what to do. He spotted her crouched down behind the old ticket counter, chewing her bottom lip. He gouged the distance between himself and Mary, wondering how long he'd keep his sisters occupied if he leapt out in front of them. Seven, Mary said, sniffing in. Maybe eight and a half. Let's play with her, thrilled the blonde. You'll frighten her, Sarah, said Winifred. Sarah became... Sarah began singing softly. Come out, little children, I'll take thee away. Then Danny raised her eyes to the ceiling, pleading with some higher power to help her. Winifred closed a hand over Sarah's mouth. Come out, dear, she said. We will not harm thee. We love children, Mary agreed, slamming her hand on the counter. Winifred gave her an ugly look but it was quickly wiped away when Danny popped out in front of them. I thought that would never come, sisters, she said, adopting the worst British accent Max had ever heard. Greetings, little one, Winifred said warmly. Twas I who brought you back. Imagine, Winifred said. Winifred said, such a pretty little, she swallowed thickly, child. Sarah giggled. And she's well fed, isn't she, Mary? said Mary, going around the counter. Plump, she exclaimed, poking Danny in the ribs. Danny shrieked, plump, another jab at her and squeal. Plump, plump shishka baby. (laughs) Winifred rescued Danny just as Max was about to barrel across the room. Tell me, Dumpling, she said, placing a hand on her arm as she led her deeper into the house. What is the year? 1993? 
Winifred pushed Danny into an ancient straight back dining chair. Do you know that that book came out um, 20 years ago? I mean, that movie came out 20 years ago. Yeah, crazy. Sisters, she said eagerly, we have been gone 300 years. Well, Winnie, how time, well, Winnie, how time flies, huh? Said Mary, when you're dead. All sisters laughed, and Danny laughed too, clearly hoping to please them. She got going after they had finished until her eyes landed on Mary's hungry face. Then her laughter died into a nervous chuckle. Well, it's been great fun, she said, getting up, but I guess I better get going. Oh, Winifred said, pressing her back into the chair. Stay for supper. But I'm, I'm not hungry, said Danny. But we are, said Mary with a dangerous smile. This time when Danny tried to get up, Mary and Sarah each caught her by arm and lifted her, kicking and screaming towards the cauldron and the heart in the heart of the room. Hey, shouted Max, springing out of his hiding place. Let go, my little sister. Roast him, Winnie, Mary growled. No, Sarah breathed, touching Winifred's arm eagerly. Let me, let me play with him. Winifred headed to, headed to Mary. No, let, let me play with him. Rather than Sarah and shot a bolt of bright branching lightning at Max's chest. I know. He lost consciousness briefly as he hit the ground, but woke up to a pain snaking, snaking through his whole body. He groaned. Max! Danny screamed. Winifred threw her magic at him again, dragging him across the floor and pinning him to the wall. I haven't lost my touch, sisters, she said, cackling. See? And she flung him about to her to her face. Max gasped at the feeling of knives in his bloodstream. The pain was sharp and sudden and made him think that his heart was going to give out. He tried to cover his chest, but his hands were pressed against the wall by an invisible force. Sarah nestled into his neck. She smelled like wet earth and orange pomanders and honey. What's an orange pomander? Hmm. Hello, Winifred said to him. Goodbye. This time, the green lightning bolt lifted him from the ground. His body skimmed the wall, moving slowly to the ceiling. He couldn't see straight. He could hardly keep enough wits about him to continue to breathe. He whimpered, but the sound was drowned out by an electric cackle and hum. Mary held Danny as tightly as the little girl shrieked at her brother, as the little girl shrieked her brother's name over and over again. Mary, Allison said. Mary, Allison said, and soon, as the, witch's, as the witch turned, she struck her head over with the broom that she'd retrieved from the wall display. As the brunette stumbled around, Allison grabbed the frying pan of the rack and slammed it over her head, making her hair even more crooked. You leave my brother alone, shouted Danny. Danny shouted at Winifred, then stuck her with a bag of candy. Oh, then struck her with a bag of candy. She lashed out at Sarah as well for, as well for good measure. Max crumpled to the ground, weak and exhausted. <sighs> when Danny crouched down to tend him, the black cat reappeared and leapt onto Winifred's neck. It flexed its claws into the softest parts. Get him, Winifred Shrek shrieked, spinning out. Get that animal. Get this beast off of me. Max, let's go, Danny said, pulling off his jacket. He forced himself up and stumbled after towards the door where Allison waited for them. He was about to join them when he realized that he couldn't just leave the Sanderson sisters inside. They'd find their way into town eventually, and he didn't want that horrible lightning magic loose on anyone else. 
The witches still struggled to get the cat off of Winifred, who spun wildly about. Get out, he shouted at the two girls. Go, go, go. The witches finally flung the cat off of Winifred. Max stopped short before reaching the door. How do you kill a witch? He thought of the Wizard of Oz. Dorothy did it with a bucket of water, but he didn't have a bucket. Then he remembered the sprinklers. He was sure that the, when he was sure that the girls was, were gone, he hoisted himself into the sleeping loft and rose un, on unsteady feet. Hey, he called, drawing the witch's attention up to him. You've messed with the great and powerful Max, and now you must suffer the consequences. I summon the burning rain of death. The sisters tried to puzzle out what he meant, talking over one another. Burning what? Sarah asked. Burning rain of death repeated winifred but what does that mean rain did he say asked mary i don't know burning max drew the lighter out and snapped it when the flame popped up the sanderson sisters gasped <gasps> he makes fire in his hand muttered winifred impressed max lifted the lighter towards the spigot on the sprinkler system and waited until they all began spouting water through the house the sanderson sisters screamed rushing away to try and escape the falling water Max leapt from the loft but slipped out of the puddle, falling hard on his back. The cat jumped to his chest. Nice job, Max. Max gasped, recoiling. You can talk? Yeah, no kidding, said the cat. Now get the book of spells. Max couldn't move, but he was sure Max couldn't move, but he wasn't sure whether that was from shock or a broken spine. The cat batted at Max's face. Come on, he ordered, move it. With that, Max shoved himself to his feet and grabbed one of the posts that held the information card about the witch's cauldron. He used it and shattered the glass to the book of spells and pulled it out, ignoring the shards of glass that dug into his skin. The witches were too afraid of the water to chase him. Instead, covering an alcove near the kitchen, "'My book!' Winifred said. "'He's going for my book!' Max dashed to the door and down the front steps, the spell book clutched to his chest. He could hear Allison calling to him, and he followed her voice downward, downward to the street and through the property's front gate. Inside the house, Mary and Sarah wailed. "'I'm dying!' Sarah cried, her blonde hair and her red dress soaked and dripping. "'I'm, I'm too pretty to die!' Yet they weren't dying. Winifred drew a palm of water into her mouth and tasted it. Winnie, shrieked Mary in warning. Shut up, Winifred spat back. It is but water. Mary tasted a few drops for herself. Most refreshing, she quipped. Sarah extended her tongue. It is, she said, and then tried to swallow as much as she could. You idiot, Winifred said to Mary. That boy has tricked us and he's stolen the book. After him. Before they left, Winifred rescued the black flame candle and stuck it into a tall kitchen cupboard, safely away from the strange metal clouds in the ceiling that spilled rain over the mother's furniture, over her mother's furniture and carpet. Then the Sanderson sisters ran through the old wood as they had not done in 300 years. They arrived in the front gate and the three of them stopped elbow to elbow. "'Tis a black river," said Mary. "Perhaps it's not too deep," said Sarah. Winifred grabbed her roughly by the arm and flung her ahead of them. Sarah sh shrieked, leaping, but when her hands and heels touched to the ground, they didn't fall through. "'Tis firm," she explained, gathering her skirt and doing a skipping dance on the outfall. "'Tis firm as stone." "'Why, it's a road,' Winifred said, joining her sister. Mary took a few careful steps to join them. "'Sisters,' said Winifred, drawing attention back to herself. "'As usual, my book.'" They began to walk down the road together, but 
was were interrupted by the keen of fire trucks and ambulances. Red and white lights flashed through the sky, lighting up the witch's face. The sister screamed in fear and then turned, desperate for the comfort of the woods. That's funny. It's just like the movie. Yeah. It's just like the movie.